Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. We absolutely love giving you the show every single day, Monday through Friday, for free. But uh, it's not free to produce. And if you'd like to keep the show on the air, we ask for your support and become an EPP. When you become an EPP, you get more than 23 bonus episodes of the show to listen to. These are exclusive episodes that are only available to our EPPs with some of the best stories we've ever gotten on them. Please help keep Real Ghost Stories online on the air. And become an EPP today, an extra podcast person, on the website realghoststoriesonline.com. It's only five bucks a month. You get all the extras and the knowledge that you're keeping this show going. Please, and thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855 853 4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Tonight, a listener wakes in the middle of the night to what he believes was a shadow person but his explanation of the shadow person is unlike what we have considered in the past. A woman down in her luck finds a roommate who seems to be a perfect match, but what is it about this roommate that makes her decide to go back to being homeless? Could practicing a darker form of religion be the cause of a, de- of a demonic presence? And a young girl is terrified the doll she has received as a gift. Is it the work of her imagination, or is there proof that the dolls come alive at night? Huh. It's a good one. All right. Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hi. Hi. I'm also excited about the the one where the roommate uh, drives a person to go become homeless. That sounds like one hell of a roommate, literally. And you know, it's kind of one of those situations where it's really not even the roommate's fault. It's just okay a paranormal experience that is unlike many that we've talked about. All right, I'm excited to hear this because I'm thinking it's like a ghost roommate, but I'm guessing that's not... I, I'm not going <laughs> to... We'll just have to listen to the story and, and judge for ourselves. Tonight on Fact or Fiction, Beyond Belief, or what, what was that show called? Beyond Belief, Fact or ah! Fiction. You almost, had it almost. almost. Had it. They, is that still on anywhere? No, but I loved that show. That was a funny show. That it was, was like all these horrible situations. Like, did this really happen? Although I wish, you know, at this day and age, it's a shame because when that show was was really big, uh, the internet wasn't, <laughs> you yeah. know. Or, I mean, it was there, but it, like not every show on the planet had their website and the social media. Social media did not exist. Um, but uh, yeah, some websites here and there did. But uh, that'd be a fun show to watch and then like have your iPad out at the same time. And you could kind of be Googling, well, what's the real story to this? And they could have like a whole other section to their website of what the real story was in greater detail. Sure. Not just the, here's our televised version of it. Yeah, because people weren't Googling very much when that was around. And so it would have been easy to pick out which one was the true one if you could just Google on your phone back then. 
that no. wasn't around. I think at the time people were uh, yahooing mainly, and I don't know if Google was even around. Uh, I know there was some hot botting and excite and uh, lycosing and AOLing. I just had AOL. Yeah, old, AOL. old school AOL. I had AOL for a little while. That was like the first internet provider that I bought mm-hmm. or had for a while. And I, of course, I started with the free disc with 100 free hours or whatever the heck it was. I remember that. And uh, yeah, and then I, for a little while there, when I was 18 and poor, I would just get a new disc every month. <laughs> Yeah, because I really I, I barely used email at the time, uh, and I think I think I had a Yahoo email account, so it really didn't matter to me what my AOL email address was. Sure. So I never used the AOL email. I just wanted the internet, so I just would go to I think they're like at the front of Walmart or Target or something. You get them on the mail, like uh-huh. a gazillion of them. But if you didn't happen to have one, they were like free there, so you just grab one, create a new account every time, and off you go to the World Wide Web's. <laughs> Good times back in the day. 855-853-4802. That's the phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Uh, let's go to a uh, letter. Ralph writes in, I live in a small town in North Carolina in a rural area just right outside of the city limits. We live in the shadows of a mountain and there are superstitions and paranormal tales everywhere. There are even tales that there are evil spirits in the lake nearby, and they find drowned people in strange conditions. Once, they even found a person who was a drowning victim with their teeth missing, but the rest of their body was pristine. Well, that's creepy. That's like one of those items that don't really leave your body as a corpse. It's like, you know, teeth stay. Yeah. Unless someone removed them for some reason. You know, that... (laughs) <laughs> and here's how sick-minded I can be. I would only see that being something to do is if you killed somebody and then you were going to set the corpse on fire to the point where they would need dental records. Ah, yes, removing all of that. Mm-hmm, but not throwing them in a lake. So there's any murders around here. Jenny is the one who did it. <laughs> and uh, that's why their teeth are gone. Way too many crime shows. Was that like on crime shows? Well, I knew they used dental records. But they didn't have any, like, where the teeth are missing on the, uh... No. <laughs> are we you afraid now? We learn a new thing about Jenny every day. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, this is, anyway, I'm going to explain my experience one summer night about three or four years ago. I went to sleep one summer night by myself in my room. I was 19 and was attending community college at the time. Usually, I need something turned on in order to keep me company while I sleep, like a TV or the radio. This particular night, I slept with neither of these things on my uh, on, and my phone battery was low, and I was too lazy to charge it, so I slept on my stomach in the pitch-black room in total silence. I was asleep for some time when I woke up in the middle of the night. I was awake, but I didn't open my eyes, and the feeling of complete dread, fear, and terror was flooding my body. I heard and could even feel a vibrating noise as if it were my in my right ear. The noise sounded like if you put your lips together and made a noise like your phone was vibrating, but continuously without pausing. That's what it sounded like. I felt as if something was at the foot of my bed and was looking at me. Fear and dread were still coursing through me, but I summed up enough courage to look at it. I was still sleeping on my stomach and decided I would look over to my left shoulder to try and see what was in my room with me. 
I turned to my left and peered over my left shoulder and saw it. It was a black shadowy figure that from the floor to its head was approximately four and a half to five feet tall. On the edges, it was short, sort of distorted, almost as if you could see right through it. But as you got more towards the center, it was pitch dark, as dark as any corner of my already darkened room. I said to myself, non-verbally, yeah, I don't have time for this shit, fuck that. And I frightenedly laid my head back in my original position and fell right back to sleep, still full of dread and fear. I woke up the next morning and remembered what had happened and was so curious. I decided to do my own research in what I had experienced. I looked up many ghost types and finally found one that matched my experience. It was a shadow person. They wander from home to home and feed off your fears and often manifest themselves in order to feed off your fears even faster. I dug a little deeper and also saw a description that completely dropped my jaw. And this may sound ridiculous, but what I had experienced could have also have a correlation with an alien abduction. The vibrating noise that was right in my ear was the alien spaceship's noise. This may sound ridiculous to some people, but as a believer in alien life, I was convinced, but I couldn't really put my finger on it, and it was very confused. My phone died, no appliances were on, so nothing else could have explained the noise I heard in my ear. My brothers thought I was lying until they had told their friends of my experiences, and they also had the same experience as mine. The dark figure, the fear, the dread, that ringing vibration noise as if it were right next to your ear... This was very frightening, and I went back to sleep the next night with the TV on this time, and I was afraid that it might show up again, but it didn't. It hasn't come back since, at least not that I know of, and I hope it doesn't. I have nightmares if I don't have music or the television on at night or whenever I sleep. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Now, I don't think we have discussed much of the possibility of it having to do with extraterrestrials terrestrials i can say that i can sure say that. Okay. you can anyway et's on malevolent the shows benevolent yeah you've overcome that extraterrestrials <laughs> we haven't talked much about that on here have we no mainly because it's a ghost show well but- <laughs> i know that no you're right um, i just i know that some people make a correlation sure. there and you know, I, I don't think it's fair to discount that idea. No, I, I think you're right. What I was thinking when I was reading that was, I wonder how many times people have a ghost experience and think it's an extraterrestrial experience. Well, Or vice be. versa sometimes. Right. You know? I think I, it definitely depends on what your belief system is. Sure. Do you believe in the extraterrestrials? <laughs> That's not how you say it. <laughs> You know, I personally just don't think that we're the only intelligent force out there. Sure. I don't think we've discovered it yet, or they've discovered us yet, but so you, as big as the universe is, how can So you don't be? think that people who have UFO experience have actually had UFO experiences? No, I just think we don't have... I. It's not that I don't think they've had experiences, I just... I'm one of those, I guess I'm a skeptic on it. Okay. I believe in it, but I just don't have the concrete here. We have made contact. It's sure. in science books now. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's kind of, it's in the world of ghosts. And we won't talk about ETs for too long, but um, I think that, this is my opinion, I think they have made contact with us. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if that's what you meant to say. Do you, do you mean to say that... 
that they have not come here to see us? I'm not sure. See, my, I, okay. I, and I know this sounds completely hypocritical compared to my ghosts? beliefs in ghosts, sure. but I just don't know that until, I don't know. Sure. Until, it's hard because it's like with ghosts, it's like, well, here, here's it. the evidence is about just as solid on both ends. I know. And see, I'm yeah. one of those crazy people. Yes, I sure. believe in ghosts absolutely without a doubt. Do I think extraterrestrials exist? Yes, probably, mm. but I need to see more okay. along that. Now, that's partly because I've never really looked into it. Sure. That's not been my yeah. fascination. Sure. I think that they're there. I, I think that there's I think they've gone to us. I don't I think they're so far advanced that we have no way of getting to them. Mm-hmm. Um I think that there's a lot of sightings that are not UFOs. I think probably a majority of them are not. Um, but there's some pretty convincing ones where it's like, what the hell was that? Yeah. I think a lot of things that have happened in our country have been experimental aircraft um, that the government has worked on uh, that were ahead of its time. And then if you look in the history books and you go, well, this is what these people described. And then 20, 30 years later, hey, look, we have a fighter jet that looks pretty much like what they just talked about. Um, but I mean, some of it is, you know, fairly convincing you know I, I'm, I'm really not into it so I don't know a ton about it but um, I think they're I think they have found us okay and I don't know how interested they are yeah <laughs> so that's that's kind of where I met with it yeah I am waiting for Independence Day to really happen though that's a good movie uh, 855-853-4802 that's our phone number Claudia writes in hi Tony and Jenny I listen to your show almost every day while at work and I really enjoy it I want to tell you a story I have only told a few people about five years ago I was living in Mexico City and i just broken up with my ex and uh, ended up broke homeless and with nothing but my clothing I was looking for a roommate to share expenses and I was desperate So I posted an ad on Facebook to see if anyone was looking for a roomie as well. A a friend of a friend replied and told me her friend Monica was looking for a roommate. I was really excited. We spoke on the phone immediately, and her story was pretty much like mine. I felt like she was the answer to my prayers and wanted to meet her right away. We met at a cafe, and as soon as I saw her, I felt like something I can't explain. Uh, It was like if something inside me was saying a big, loud no, I thought I was just going crazy and ignored it. We started looking for an apartment that same week, and one night we were walking to where she was currently living, and I started feeling odd, like your fingers pushing down on my spine. I blamed it on the weather and walking too much and said nothing. We got to her house, and I started feeling exhausted, sat on the bed, and that's the last thing I remember. I thought I had fallen asleep and just woken up, but I looked at her face and her current roommate's face, and they both looked scared or alarmed, like if they had just seen a ghost. I asked what was wrong, and they asked me, don't you remember? I said no. They told me that as soon as I uh, leaned down on the bed, I started speaking with a man's voice, laughing and cursing. Monica told me then that she was something like a witch, and that she performed something like an exorcism on me. To tell you the truth, I didn't want to believe it and thought they were all teasing me. I just went along with it. A few weeks after, Monica and I were on our way to a party at one of my friend's houses. We were walking in a long, dark street, and I started feeling that we were being followed. I was looking around again and was feeling like fingers pushing on my spine. We got to my friend's house and we were drinking and talking, and a few hours later, I started to feel sick, very tired and dizzy. 
So I went to the bathroom to wash my face. I remember going to the bathroom, but that's all I remember. I felt like just a few seconds had passed, but now I was sitting on a couch and all the people at the party about 10 were looking at me with this weird look. My friend reached out to me and asked me if I could remember anything, to which I responded, I didn't. They told me that I had came out of the bathroom looking very strange, like if I wasn't myself. That Monica had reached out to me asking, who are you? That I tried to attack her. About six people jumped on me trying to hold me down, but they barely could. They told me that Pablo, a friend of my friend, who practices Santeria, said I was possessed by a spirit and that he performed a ritual that took a couple of hours. Now it was harder for me to deny it. Pablo asked me to go to another room with him. I felt drenched like I had no energy. I was pale and could barely walk. Pablo explained to me that I had the ability to channel spirit energy and that I was like a door and that Monica's vibrations were making me an open door to anyone who wanted to come in. He said that I had two options. Get away from Monica for good or learn how to channel the energy so I could open the door just to spirits I chose but the price to pay was to see things I'd wish I'd never seen. I went for option A. Told Monica that I was going to move with my sister and that I felt I had to stop spending time with her. She said she understood, but she knew the real reason, and we never spoke again after that. I get the chills just by remembering this. Now that years had passed, I doubt sometimes it really happened, but every time I see people that were in that party, they always give me a strange look. I never looked for help, I just looked, or I, I, I just uh, kept on with my life, but I still fear this couldn't happen again. I'd appreciate your thoughts about this, or if you ever heard of something like this, thanks for reading my story, love the show. Take care. I couldn't help since we were talking about roommates and one of them was named Monica. Could you imagine if friends, if something <laughs> happened on that show? That'd be a great plot line. Where <laughs> somebody becomes possessed and they have to do random exorcisms. <laughs> on a very special episode, Halloween Friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I have not heard of that before like that. Have you? Do you recall any stories remotely similar to that? I don't, and what I'm wondering is if something, it, it sounds to me like something was attached to Monica, mm-hmm. and that for whatever reason, Claudia's light or, or whatever was just a beacon for anything to come through. I don't remember anything like that in the past. Mm-hmm. But it makes you wonder how often she would come in contact with just a random person where this could happen. Like, how many times did something happen to her that was paranormal that she was oblivious to because she was just open to these things? And had no idea. I mean, good and bad, you know? Right. And maybe she had just lucked out for so long that no bad had really come to her. Um, And then it finally took over her. Either that or she was really drunk. No. (laughs) No. Um, At least, you know, with the story that she gave us, she knows what it feels like when that's starting to come on. Yeah. With the spine sensation. And Mm -hmm. I would say next time you get that no feeling to definitely go with that. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting story. Very interesting experience. Thank you for sharing that with us. 
Um, our phone number is 855-853-4802 if you want to share your real ghost story with us. And of course, if you are enjoying the show, say you listen to it a couple of times a week, hey, consider supporting the show and keeping it on the air. Your support is what does that. It's five bucks a month to become an EPP. It's an extra podcast person. You get access to our archive of uh, past EPP shows, now up to 26 bonus episodes that will go right to you. And of course, you get a brand new one every single week here at Real Ghost Stories Online. So please consider checking that out. Catherine writes in, hey guys, how's it going? Love your podcast. My story's a little strange and there's a lot of skepticism about it, but I can promise you this is 100% true. Sorry for rambling. On with my story. About two years ago, I was heavily influenced by Marilyn Manson, my favorite musician, and I, at the time, thought it'd be so cool to make a Bible of the Antichrist. To sum it up, all it was was a binder of Marilyn Manson, some quotes and life events he'd had. Shortly after I started making this, stuff went downhill. My mother had one of those candle melter things that you put in the candle underneath and the scented wax and it melts. You know what I'm talking about. Well, she had one of those and we came home one night from dinner and the burner burst into flames. It shot up four feet into the air. The burner itself wasn't even a foot tall. This happened three times in three days. The burner is completely charred from the inside out. Then I was sitting in my room at night texting my boyfriend. had my TV and everything off. I heard something quietly say to me, Katie, I put it off on uh, uh, I put it off in the back of my head because sometimes in a dead silent area, your mind can tend to make up noises. But then it happened again. Called my name, Katie. It's hard to decipher whether it was a male or female voice, but it was definitely clear that something wanted my attention. At this point, I was freaking out and texting my boyfriend for help. He was telling me to pray, so I did. As I began to pray, knocking began to happen on the walls. I went downstairs to tell my older brother in hopes he would believe me. He didn't. I live in a house of skeptics who don't believe anything about the paranormal. That night, I woke up at 4 a.m. to something touching my legs slowly. Naturally, I was too terrified to even move, so I lay still for about three hours until the sun finally fully came up. The same thing happened the next night, and the night after that. I've also gotten scratches as big as six inches long on my back, chest, arms, and legs. I bite my nails down to the nub and could never scratch myself as deep as those scratches were. I contacted a friend of my boyfriend's who's a psychic medium. He lives in Florida. I live in Pennsylvania, so all I could really do was tell him about what was going on. He contacted his godmother, who is heavily into Buddhism, and is also a psychic medium. She practices things that are odd to explain. She's powerful, I guess is how I should put that. So powerful that she has gone to lengths as to call herself God. Anyway, she, with my information on the situation, asked me to address, asked for my address to come live to help me with the situation. I had no idea how any of this stuff worked, but at this point, I was willing to try anything. The next day, I get a text from my boyfriend's friend saying, it is done. It was at that, that moment that the heavy, lingering feeling of doom and uncomfortableness went away. I asked his godmom what the thing is in my house and what it was, and she refused to tell me anything in detail because she felt it was too extreme for me to know. All she said was that it was something extremely dark. Today I continue to deal with paranormal incidents and have learned through my friend that, who has the psychic and clairvoyant friends contact me and check on me that I have the type of energy that most spirits are attracted to. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to read my story, and I apologize if it was so long. I guess don't mess with that kind of crap. I think that's putting it pretty bluntly and honestly. Yeah. I mean, I don't think listening to any particular artist's music can stir things up, but I think your willingness and openness to creating a quote-unquote Bible to the Antichrist... Yeah, that can probably stir a few things up. I think that just lets whatever's in the universe know that you, you're on the other side and kind yeah. of flying that flag. Hey, look at me. I'm into this. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Thank you for sharing that story with us. Uh, we really do appreciate that. If you want to share your real ghost story, you can, of course, uh, write in or call in. You can write on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com, or, of course, you can uh, call in at 855-853-4802. That is a lovely ring you're wearing tonight, Jenny. <laughs> Gee, thank you, Tony. That is very pretty. I like my transition into it. <laughs> I said we should give a shout out to uh, a listener of the show uh, and a friend of the show who sent you a really cool ring. She did. I, I love to find out how our listeners incorporate our show into their day. Mm -hmm. And uh, our friend Tracy down in Eureka Springs, she actually said she listens to our show and she's a silversmith. And mm -hmm. while she's making jewelry, you know, that's what is going on in her headset. Yeah. And she was kind enough. She made a ring for me and sent it to me. And it's beautiful. It's silver with amber. And she surprised me. And yet she hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. I mean, it matches everything that I wear. And yeah. I couldn't be happier. And I just wanted to tell her thank you. Yeah. We have some really cool listeners. So uh, thank you uh, for, for sending that to Jenny. It really is nice. It's, it's exactly her style. It really is. It was such a nice gift. She's uh, on Etsy. If you want to check out some of her stuff, uh, it's uh, Tazzy's, T-A-Z-Z-I-E-S, Custom Jewelry. If you Google or uh, if you Etsy that, Google that. Google that on Etsy. <laughs> search that. Search would be the correct word. Uh, yeah. You can find some of her stuff. It's really interesting stuff. So thank you for uh, for sending that in. It's 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 neat. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. So, uh, 855 uh, uh, is our number. I'm here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Sam writes in, Hey, Tony and Jenny, this is Sam from Texas here to finally uh, try to uh, tell the story of my beginnings in regard to interactions with the paranormal. I've been back and forth trying to figure out the best way to describe all that happened to me and the time that I lived in a little house on a hill in Texas. But I've been having trouble with it. I mean, how do you tell someone about the terror that you've held on to for years? For time purposes, I guess I'll break up my story into little snips. Hope you enjoy one of the tales from my childhood. When you think about dolls, there are three kinds of attitudes. First, there's love and affection. Second, there's indifference. And third, there's the utter terror. I usually subscribe to the third option. This wasn't because of any horror movies I had seen, nor because I had an active imagination. It was because the dolls that sat on my dresser were frighteningly unique. Despite their demure, beauty, and fragile, frozen features meant to attract the eye of a little girl, they had a tendency to send chills down my spine anytime I'd see them. Having these dolls was never my idea. My mother purchased them in her constant attempts to make me more girly as I was growing up. She'd come home with the elegant beauty in her box, fresh from the store, and would be so excited to give it to me. I never had the heart to deny the gifts, even when I did not like them. I've always been a tomboy and never liked the dresses and bows that went along with 
being a little girl. Thus, I had these dolls that sat delicately on stands all across the top of my white dresser to appease my mother. They were your typical porcelain doll, beautifully dressed in various styles of clothing with the cheeks rosy, their lips full and pink, with soft curls rolling down their backs, and their wide open eyes framed by thick lashes seemingly absorbing all that surrounding them. The dolls themselves would have been fine everywhere, anywhere else, uh, I think, but here, in that house, they took on a new persona. They're perpetually watchers of every move I made while in that room, and they scared me to death. Since these dolls frightened me so much and I couldn't put them away, I would always turn them around to face the wall so that they could not watch me at night. No matter where they were, I always felt that their painted blue and green eyes would peer at me. I thought that maybe if I turned them around, I would feel safer somehow. However, this inadvertently caused more fear due to the fact that when I'd wake up the next day, the dolls would all be facing forward, all in the same direction, slightly to the side facing my bed, watching me. The terror that ran through me was something that I did not understand at the time. Dolls are not supposed to move. They're beautiful objects. They're toys. They do not move on their own. The dolls would only move in times when I was alone, thus parents never understood the fear that I had in that home and never understood why I didn't like to be alone in my room or why I didn't like my dolls. They were never believers and continue that attitude today. I eventually was able to rid myself of the dolls, but never will I purge my mind of the icy stare that I would get daily. I can tell you this much, if Clay and I have a daughter, I will not be giving her any porcelain dolls. This is only one of my many stories in this house, and if you like this one, I'll tell you the rest. Thanks for reading my story, Sam. P.S. Since I'm on the subject of haunted dolls, I don't know what people are smoking that they said the Annabelle movie was not scary, but I'm going to tell you now that Clay and I were scared. I love a good horror movie, so yeah, just thought I'd throw that out there. I just watched it. I think Annabelle may be a little bit scarier to somebody that's had a past of frightening events with dolls. <laughs> no matter what it is, you know, if you like a frightening event with Santa, the Santa Claus would be a horror movie. Oh, yeah. 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 I agree. That's, I mean, just the idea. I mean, number one, I'm creeped out just when they're sitting there stationary. You wake up and they're still in their same stationary position. I, it would be horrible waking up the next morning and they're all moved slightly to be looking at you. Yeah, when you've taken the time to turn them around to where they're not looking at you when you go to bed. That sounds like something that an evil older sibling would do to you. Yeah. But I don't know that that's the case because that probably was would have been rolled out pretty quick. I'm guessing there was something moving them around in your house that uh, knew that that would frighten you. Not that the dolls themselves were haunted, but there was something else that knew that that was your fear. Yeah. And the dolls were just a tool. So, um, should we get the girls some dolls? And uh, <laughs> they have enough dolls. They do. They don't really. Ha- they don't really have any displayed porcelain dolls, do they? Olivia has one, and she turns it around. <laughs> now, not, that would be evil. Not every day, yeah. but she turns it around sometimes. That would be evil if every day we turned it a new direction. <laughs> I don't get up early enough to go down there and mess with her. <laughs> that would be horrible to do. It would be. I'm not going to do that. No, no. Uh, she would be scarred by it. Harper would be like, hey, it's alive. Or she would look at me and, and know I did it. Although yeah. Livy would probably know I did it at this point, too. Yeah. Because she knows I'm the one who screws around with any sort of toy or, you know. I'm not going to mess with their sleep. 
Yeah, because that would that would mess with that. Not going to do that. <laughs> 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to a caller. Hi. Hey, guys. This is Caesar calling from Whittier, California. Uh, I just got done hearing your guys' uh, Elmo episode. Um, and uh, I like how you guys said that you guys like haunted dolls. Uh, I like haunted dolls, too, in the stories, but I hate it when it happens. Um to you. Uh, I'm actually calling because I had a, two incidents that have to deal with the same house that I called before. Um, one of the things was that my mom used to have these two um, old porcelain jester dolls that she also used to uh, keep inside of my room because uh, my sister had a small room. My room was bigger, um, but it was a haunted room. Technically, uh, she would always put the porcelain dolls and she would keep stuff on in my closet on the top shelf. And uh, I used to hate these dolls so much that I used to um, make sure I couldn't see them or they were tipped over. And, uh, you know, their faces wouldn't be looking at me from where, where I was uh, sleeping. I would try to close the door, you know, the the closet door but the closet door wouldn't always work so I would just make sure that they're facing the other way or you know knock down as if they were like on their backs but it's like occasionally I would leave and come back and they would be sitting up again on the edge of the well, the closet it would happen so many times that I used to blame my sister for it because she knew I hated I used to tell my mom that I hate them so much that I don't want them in my room. But she said, she would, you know, she would always tell me that, well, it doesn't matter because, I mean, you have the most room. I don't want to put them in the, you know, in the garage because they can get broken because they're porcelain dolls, you know. And I used to always beg and beg, you know, somebody tell me who was doing it, you know, tell me, like, where I can put them because I don't want them in my room. I, I'm so done with these dolls. It was one of the things, I mean, it was a minor thing that happened all the time. But it's like in this house, things didn't always, you know, they didn't always seem right. And that was one of the things that always happened. And it's like, I don't know if they knew, you know, there was something there that felt that it knew that I was scared of them. So it would always constantly do that. But it was one of the things that always happened. You know, like I leave for the day for school in the morning, I would come back and they're back up. They're, they're, you know, they're back sitting on the couch, on the top shelf looking at me. Or I would go to sleep, and sometimes, even when I was sleeping, when I would wake up, it's like they would be sitting on the top shelf. You know, their feet would dangle. It was, uh, they were like the, the, they would sit up, their hands were down, and their feet would, how they would stay up. It was so creepy. So I feel like they were haunted. I mean, that's my opinion. And no matter what I would ask, to, you know, to my family, they would, ne- they, they never knew what I was, you know, talking about. They always thought I was just trying to get them out of my room because they were, they were kind of creepy. Even my sister didn't want them. Um, so that was one of the things that always happened in my house. Uh, another thing that used to happen that I kind of regret doing now was, it was back when uh, Toy Story came out and the actual giant toys came out, the ones, the Woody and the uh, Buzz Lightyear, and I wanted them so much, I got them for Christmas. After getting them for Christmas, um, 
I used to play with them all the time. And then after a while, you know, being a kid, I got tired of them, so I just left them in the closet. And occasionally, it would turn on. You know, they would be like, you're my favorite deputy, or, uh, you know, like, to infinity and beyond. And I would just, you know, I thought the batteries were probably dying out. And I would just leave it be. But after a couple of years, I mean, we ended up having to move, so we were doing a yard sale. Um, before the yard sale, though, it would it would start doing more frequently. So I started thinking maybe it's the batteries more often, and you know, it it would creep me out. But I was just like, okay, it's you know, it's the batteries. Um, let me just take them out so that it doesn't happen anymore. After a while, it started happening at night when I was trying to fall asleep. Um, they would, it almost felt like they would interact with each other because it'd be like, you're my favorite deputy. And, uh, you know, it's like Buzz would say something right after and then Woody would say something. Like, it, it was a couple times where it, it just, uh, it felt like they would just continuously say stuff and I don't understand. There's no batteries in it. Like, my... My daddy should just tell me, like, oh, no, it's probably because you you play with them so long that it's just your imagination. And I wouldn't believe it. It got to the point where they would do it. And uh, one of my cousins came over. He slept over my house, and he was able to hear it. And he actually went into the closet, got the toys, and when he picked up Woody toy, it spoke, and he didn't pull the string or anything. And there was no batteries in it, so he just he dropped it. He ran out of my room. He left me in there, and he started crying because he doesn't understand why it happened. It was almost like that scene in the movie where, I mean, he just he, his head didn't move around or anything, but he just said something, so it freaked him out. After that, I said I couldn't have these toys anymore. I mean, it, they just, it was really, really freaky that when that, I think hard sale actually came out. I sold them for a dollar each. Uh, I, at the moment, I didn't care who took them. Um, there was a kid that wanted them both. I said, go ahead, take them. Um, he said, I only had to have a dollar fifty. I told him, it's fine, just give me a dollar for both. Um, these toys were expensive back then. And uh, I didn't care because of how freaked out I was. I just wanted to get them out of there. <laughs> I, you know, it, it, you kind of feel bad now because, I mean, like, all the, probably, you know, the dolls were probably haunted or probably my house was haunted, probably maybe both. And I just gave them out to somebody that never knew anything. Uh, kind of feel sad now, but those are two of my stories of that things that have freaked me out, dolls in general, that I've had in my life and, you know, when I was younger. Uh, being things I did, you know, dolls I didn't like and dolls that I really loved. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to call and tell you guys some of my doll stories. All right. Love you guys. You guys are awesome. Bye. To all the dolls I've loved before. <laughs> you know, I, I can't help but listen to this story. And when he's telling it, at first, you know, it's two dolls up on the top shelf in the closet that are doing things. And then it's the Woody and the Buzz Lightyear doll that are doing things. I don't think it's any of the dolls. I think there's an entity in that closet. I just think 
It's a real life Toy Story. That's all it is. It's not a real life Toy <laughs> Story. That's terrifying. It's true. It it happens. It's, and this proves it. <laughs> no, I think there's something in that closet. It's something manipulating. Mm-hmm. Obviously, all these toys. I mean, just like the the, the story that we read before. I mean, the dolls are not you know the haunted things. It's it's there's something in the house. Yeah. Um, you know that is it's manipulating it. And it probably all stems back to a porcelain doll. See, if <laughs> because it were, those are the evil ones. If it were just one doll, I'd say maybe that was the haunted. The doll itself was sure. haunted, but being that it's so many things and it's all in the same area, yeah, I think it's that instead. I think it's interesting how uh, <laughs> the Toy Story ones are interacting with each other. <laughs> I just find that ironic. You know, that they're talking yeah. back and forth and they, they happen to be from Toy Story. <laughs> it's like, how perfect would that be if you're a kid? I mean, if you're like, you know, his age, he can recognize that the dolls should not be doing that. But can you imagine if you're like two or three and the Toy Story dolls start doing that? Oh. That's like normal. It's like, oh, great. This is true. <laughs> they're my friends. This is, always, this is completely normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, thank you for calling in. 855-853-4802 is our number. Danielle in Ohio. Hi. Hi, this is Danielle from Ohio, and um, I heard you talking recently about visiting the Pirate House in Savannah, Georgia, and I keep forgetting to call and tell you my story at the Pirate House. Um, I was visiting there a little, uh, a little over a month before you visited there. This was in early January 2015. Um, I went to meet some friends uh, in Savannah, and there there was a group of six of us friends, and we ate lunch at the pirate house, and everything was great. We got a pirate to give us a tour around the restaurant. It took about 15 minutes. And one of the features that you saw was the hole in the ground. Uh, You can peer into the hole and see into an underground tunnel. And these tunnels, uh, I guess, were built early in Savannah's history. They ran from the docks into the business area of Savannah to make it easier to transport uh, cargo from the ships into the city uh, before there was much infrastructure built up that would allow people to do that over land. So these, there were dozens of these tunnels around Savannah, and after the uh, docks were more developed, they were closed up, And the developers of the pirate house found a tunnel by accident when they were renovating a bathroom. So they left part of it open for visitors to see. So the pirate was telling us about the tunnels. Uh, So the six of us were sort of huddled around the little fence around the tunnel that keeps it um, closed off from tourists. And um, he was explaining how the tunnels had at one time served as um, a storage uh, for the dead bodies uh, of people who were killed by an epidemic disease. And I can't remember which disease it was, perhaps smallpox or influenza. But basically people were dying so fast that they couldn't get them um, into coffins fast enough. So they would store them in these underground tunnels. 
so I actually haven't told any of my friends about this experience, but as I was uh, looking down into the tunnel, I slowly got nauseated uh, to the point where about five minutes into his talk, I started to feel like I was going to vomit and pass out. And I've heard a lot of people talk about getting nauseated uh, when they're sort of ghost hunting and they feel something paranormal, they start to feel ill, nauseated. Um, And that had never happened to me before. I, I was sort of taken off guard by this. I've never experienced anything like this, but I almost felt like I was a battery being drained. Um, And it was just the strangest feeling. It was almost as if something down in the tunnel was just drying down my energy. Um, And I I seriously almost passed out. It was awful. Um, I didn't tell any of my friends how I was feeling because I didn't want them to think I was... Uh, feeling something weird or that um, I was being dramatic uh, and trying to enhance the creepiness, but I really did get sick. Um, and as soon as we walked away from the tunnel, I felt fine. It was the strangest thing. I just can't explain it, and I haven't tried to explain it to anyone before. Um well, anyway, uh, thanks for listening to my story about the pirate house. It definitely was one of the weirdest things that's happened to me. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling in and sharing your story. See, you should have gone back there and seen the bathrooms and the hole in the ground. I was happy on my bar stool. Drinking your $9 rum and Coke? My rum and Coke, <laughs> which was ex- extraordinarily expensive. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> Did you have, was there any reason you didn't go back further? I didn't want to go back to the bathrooms. I heard about the bathrooms. (laughs) Did you, okay, other than just having heard the stories about it, did you, did you feel anything in the place? Like, like, I shouldn't go back there. Other than just like random, I don't want to even try to go back there. No, I just, I didn't want to purposely go back there. Okay. Just because I didn't want something to happen. Look, you could have had happen. That could have been... Getting nauseated over the hole. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you could. Uh, you wouldn't have been able to stand there very long because there's a, a family eating right next to it. So I I, uh. I didn't get a chance to really look at it very well. That's why I didn't really realize where it went. I just kind of glanced over as I was walking through. But uh, very interesting. Yeah, definitely. It's an interesting place. Um, would you ever take a tour of the tunnel? No. If they were to offer it? No. 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 Okay. <laughs> That's not something that I have on my list of things I want to do before be I die. Kind of interesting. Okay. Well, when we were down there, yeah. we took this fun little kind of hokey ghost tour. Yeah. And the, you know, the the tour guide, I guess you'd call her, she said that they had gone down there and basically had been attacked by something. Yeah. So that kind of killed my interest in going the, to the tunnels. the tunnels. Okay. So did you see that other brochure that was in our our hotel? There was the uh, there was like the ones for like you know the spooky ghost tour, the dark ghost tour, and the smallpox demon infestation ghost tour. There was not. 
The hearse ghost tour looked like fun, though. Oh, that was interesting, Riding yeah. around in a hearse. <laughs> yeah, that that did look kind of interesting. And there was, like, seats up there, and that would have yeah. been kind of fun. Yeah, interesting. Uh, very cool town. Definitely uh, definitely worth checking out. Thank you for sharing that with us. 855-853-4802. That is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, let's go over to uh, Mac in MD, which is at Maryland. Maryland, yes. All right. I know my states. Hey, remember when, like, uh, the state initials used to be three letters? No. And they changed it, and we were in elementary school? I don't remember that. You don't? No. Uh, it was really confusing, because, like, we had a lot of maps that were initialed, uh, or, or had the initials of the states, and it was three letters. Are you making this no, up? No, I'm not making this up. I remember when it became official that it was a two-letter initial system that was, like, the... I don't know, federal mandate or whatever the heck it was. Um, what, probably with a postal system, I'm guessing. What grade was that? I had, it was somewhere between, I would say, probably first and fourth grade. So this was early 90s. Well, I would have still been living in Texas, which we abbreviate Texas as T-E-X anyway. Sure. So that T-E-X would have been the original. Um, okay. And Wisconsin was W-I-S. And then everything became the two capital letters. Okay. Previously, it was capital letter, two lowercase. That was how... Yes, I do remember this. I'm not making this up. <laughs> okay. That's my little bit of odd uh, looking back at uh, at childhood years for today. Uh, let's go to the caller. Hi. Hey, Tony and Jamie. This is Mac from Maryland. So, I got a quickie story for you guys. Uh you know, I'm out, uh, you know, I moved uh, to, into this, you know, small farm. It was actually, uh, you know, a big, much larger farm that had gotten parceled off. And, uh, you know, we got, uh, you know, pretty pretty nice little piece of it. And, uh, you know, but it, it has some, you know, some barns and stuff like that on there. And so I'm prepping the barn, you know, getting ready to, uh, you know, clean out all the horse stalls, get ready for horses, uh, you know, we're getting some horses, getting ready for the horses to come in. And so I'm out there sweeping, and there's a bunch of dust there. Uh, you know, as I'm sweeping, I kind of look in the corner of my eye, and I see, you know, a figure standing there. And I, you know, I distinctly saw what looked look like, you know, a man, you know, in his, you know, late 60s, early 70s. You know, it didn't really see the face really well, but, you know, it, you know, it just, like I said, out of the corner of my eye, you know, it looked like blue jeans and that whole, uh, you know, that, you know, flannel style, uh, checkered shirt type uh, thing. You know, I thought it was, you know, at first I thought it was my father-in-law, so I would get, you know, stand up and get, look over there, ready to say something to him, and got it done. Go outside, look around, no, no one's out there. Damn it. You know, you know, I, you know, I chalk it up to, you know, hey, maybe, you know, just imagine something, maybe something with all the dust. Uh, you know, and then the other day I was out there moving wood. I looked down by the barn and, you know, once again, I see this figure standing outside. And he's not doing nothing, not like interacting with me or anything like that. He's just out there standing there. You know, I look down, look back up and guy's gone. Uh, I called once before about uh, you know uh, you know another my other property uh, where I was hearing voices people called my name and uh, you know go upstairs while you know while to sleep whatnot and this is the uh, place that had that stove that uh, the burners would turn on 
Um, they, uh, but, you know, so, yeah, this house, I mean, I had uh, my name called once. I was going out to uh, deal with the chickens, and this was middle of the night, pitch black outside, walking out there, and I hear, what? Scared the, scared the living crap out of me. But uh, yeah, that was one-time thing, you know, not like the other house where, you know, it was all the freaking time. Uh, so besides that, I just got one more quick thing. So I work, uh, I work, I work in DC. I work in a really cool old building. Uh, and you should look this up. It's called the Eisenhower Executive Office Building. You really dig this building. Look it up. Take a look at it. Uh, and I've been there for almost seven years now. And so, you know, and I've gotten, I've gotten in these rooms a hundred times before and, Never had any anything weird, so I'm opening up a, a room down in the basement, and you know I unlock the door, open the door, and as soon as I open the door, the door like flies out of my hand, and uh, it flies out of my hands, bangs really hard against the wall, and I'm going, how the hell did that happen? And so I'm sitting there playing with the door, I close it, I open it back up again, it doesn't happen. It's just one time, you know, and it. Literally, my hand was on the handle, and it, the door pulled itself open right out of my hand. Can't explain it. Don't know what happened. Don't know if it was paranormal. Maybe I was pushing too hard, but I don't think so. It was just really odd that it, you know, the door literally, you know, the handle was pulled out of my hand. It slammed up. But that's all I got. So, uh, love the show, guys. Keep up the good work. Y'all take care. Sure. Thank you for calling in and uh, and sharing that story with us, or those so, stories with us. Yeah, I the doorknob thing being pulled right out of your hand. That is a creepy old giant building. Do you know what it looks like? No. It, uh, here, I'll see. You may recognize it with the picture. This is the Eisenhower Executive Office Building. Um. Okay, that looks to me like the one on Veep. Where her office is. It is. It's the it's the office of the vice president. It is okay. the one on Veep. Okay. Yes. There we go. So if you watch Veep, it's that building. <laughs> um, it's also I re, what I remember it uh, most from uh, was actually on nine eleven was when um, they didn't have any camera shots of the Pentagon yet. And they kept going, we're seeing smoke coming in the direction of the Pentagon. The only camera shot that most news media had was essentially turning a camera around and pointing in that direction, and this building kind of blocked it. So all you could see was the executive office building and then smoke coming from behind where the Pentagon's right a little ways away. It's across the highway there. But um, that's how I remember it. <laughs> a little more of a, uh, a meaningful moment than Veep, but... <laughs> okay. All right. But it is, uh, it's, uh, I, I, and I just remember seeing the, those windows. I, and I, the only reason I remember that building is because of hearing that on that day but it is a uh um it's got to be very old yeah let's take a look let's see what the wikipedia says uh they don't have birth dates of buildings on wikipedia now do they uh built between 1871 and 1888 okay on the uh, site of the original uh, 1800 war state navy building uh there you go so I mean, just think of the amount of things that were probably discussed and executed and happening on that plot of land. Oh, yeah. So, of uh, any building to hold a lot of energy, uh, I think that would certainly be be one of them. 
I think so. Yeah. Thanks for sharing those stories. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Of course, you can also write it on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, and if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it. Become an EPP. Uh, there's an extra podcast person. You get a bonus podcast every single week and access to our archive of 26 bonus episodes. So check that out and help keep our show alive. There you go. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.